Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the midweek edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you here on this Wednesday edition of the show, and we've got a lot to discuss. More details starting to emerge about what this NHL season could look like and when it could get underway. And folks, we are really approaching uh, the next season of NHL hockey, and I know it's tough. We're in December, but Seems like hockey may just be around the corner. We'll discuss the latest news and rumors concerning the NHL's restart. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we're going to start discussing what may be one of the more important questions for the Islanders, and that is, where are the goals going to come from? Because everybody who follows this hockey team knows they have struggled to score goals, and that to take that next step, toward winning a Stanley Cup. The Islanders probably need to add some offensive prowess without sacrificing defense. How can they do it? We'll talk about that later on in today's show. If there's something Islanders-related that is on your mind, a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to talk about, please feel free to email the show at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, We are happy to mention you on the air and talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. We'll always tell you when a new uh, show is dropping, what it's about. And of course, uh, you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on the latest Islanders news, notes, happenings, and everything else. So, hockey season... Still not underway. We are, uh, you know, getting toward mid-December now, and it does feel strange. Uh, You know, usually you're getting close to Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's, and the hockey season is approaching the middle point. You have October, November, December, and then, you know, January, February, March, usually a week and a half or so in April, and then the playoffs start. Well, here we are, we'd usually be, let's say, 25, 30 games into the season, and we have nothing. But uh, the latest news, the good news is this. The NHL and the NHL Players Association have sort of agreed they're not going to change the collective bargaining agreement when it comes to the escrow and how much money is taken out of the paychecks and all of that stuff. The Players Association has stood their ground. They have insisted that 
they're not going to do that, not going to renegotiate or alter the agreement that was reached just a few months ago. And look, there may be, depending on the length of this pandemic, how quickly things change, it may have long-term negative consequences for the salary cap, for player salaries, etc. But for the short term, they're sticking with it. That's where it goes. And we have to see what happens. So the good news is they're done negotiating that aspect of it. However, there's still a lot that needs to be done. Now, the new date that the league is pointing to, according to numerous sources in both the United States and Canada, is a January 13th start to the season. And there is talk of training camps getting underway January 2nd. So that would give each team about a week and a half to sit down and get their players in and prepare for the new season. Now, usually training camp is two and a half, three weeks long. There are usually exhibition games or preseason games. That's not included in this uh, plan as of right now. So, now you, you sort of wonder, you know, younger players, players who are uh, inexperienced, rookies, uh, draft picks, not going to get the same opportunity that they usually get to make an impression on the coaching staff. And quite honestly, for the Islanders, you look at players like Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom and and the younger guys who may have a chance to come up and, and make an impression. And look, we all know Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello prefer veterans to younger players, all things being equal. I think that what this shorter training camp may do for the Islanders and, and their situation is it will probably make it even tougher for some of these younger players to start the season with the big club and to sort of find their niche, uh, what line they can play on, where they can fit into the team concept, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I mean, still, if, if that is the case, roughly three weeks for training camp. Now, the seven teams that did not take part in the NHL's return to play the, the play-in round and then the playoffs last year, there are seven teams that haven't played a game since last March. They had requested an earlier start, a little extra time in training camp to try to get up to speed, get their players back in shape, etc. The league still amenable to that, but you know, they're, instead of January 2nd, they're talking about maybe December 27th, December 28th. So we're talking about an extra four or five days, and one of those days is obviously the New Year's holiday, so uh, a little extra time, but not a lot for those teams, and then they're still trying to work out the details. Uh, realignment. Looks like an all-Canadian division is still a part of this plan, mostly because of COVID and its effect on the border and what have you. Right now, they are leaning toward playing games in home arenas, although most likely in almost every location without fans. 
And, you know, the good news is the Islanders could play at the Coliseum. The bad news is you won't be able to go there right away. Now, maybe if this vaccine is, is distributed well and quickly by playoff time or later on in the season, maybe some fans or maybe even a full attendance could be possible, but don't want to jump the gun on that. And obviously it's a process that's going to take a while. The league is still also thinking about homestands where two teams would play two or three games in a row. So let's say the Islanders would travel to uh, Washington, D.C., let's say, and play, you know, two or three games back to back to back against the Capitals down in Washington. I like that. It makes for a little bit more intensity, a little bit more bad blood, gives you a little bit more of a playoff feel uh, by the second or third game in that series. So again, they also have to work out the safety protocols and the testing and all of that. So lots more to work out, not a lot of time to do it, but at least the economic issues are more or less cleared up. And now the league can concentrate on focusing on scheduling and logistics and the like. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about. We'll have a little bit more on the league's restart. We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day. And we asked the question for Islander fans, where are the goals coming from? All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, we've all been there. It's a long day, and at a certain point, you hit your wall. Whether it's a mental wall or a physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go. It's an energy gel that comes in easy-to-take one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You could easily put it in your pocket or your briefcase and take it wherever you need to go. Built Go is simply the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without that crash feeling, and it's all natural, so it's better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. It combines energy gel with collagen protein, collagen protein, fast absorbing, so it gets in the system quickly, and it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with all kinds of good stuff to ignite your work, beta alanine, vitamin B3, honey, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, and a kick of caffeine. Collagen, by the way, promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health, so this stuff literally makes you look better. Right now, visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! So there still are a number of questions that the league has to answer with regard to the restart. Look, they haven't ruled out bubbles as a possibility or hybrid bubbles or hubs uh, where a team would go to a, a hub location for about two weeks, play eight to ten games there, and then have a week off and then go back to a different hub. Uh, that is something that the uh, NHL is still considering, and we'll see whether or not it ends up being part of the mix. Now, another thing that was discussed, uh, maybe expanding rosters. Right now, the roster limit is 23. There's been talk about possibly increasing it to 26 players, and then having a taxi squad of up to four players for a total of 30 players available per team. 
and then they have to work out, well, what will the taxi squad do financially? And one of the compromises being discussed right now, and again, nothing finalized, but they're discussing maybe the people on the taxi squad would earn an AHL salary, but get NHL uh, benefits and service time. So there are a lot of issues and logistics that still need to be worked out. And basically today, another thing that uh, really came out is that players may be expected to report for COVID-19 testing on December 26th. So you get, you know, Christmas off and the day after Christmas on Boxing Day, for those of you up in Canada, uh, they would report for testing and then begin to uh, prepare, probably have to take more than one test between December 26th and, let's say, January 2nd or 3rd when training camps would get underway. All of these things are, again, still being negotiated, but at the end of the day, it's looking like this is the thought process right now for the National Hockey League. All right, time for our Islanders birthday of the day. It's a former Islanders captain who will be turning 43 years old on Friday. Of course, I'm talking about uh, former Islanders defenseman Mark Streit, the native of Switzerland, joined the Islanders in 2008-2009, stayed with the team for four seasons before moving on to Philadelphia-Pittsburgh and then finishing his career briefly with the team he started his career with, the Montreal Canadiens. Originally, Streit, a ninth-round pick uh, by the Canadiens in 2004 and had a good career in Europe, really playing in the Swiss League before he even joined uh, the Canadiens in 2005-2006. And, you know, a, a good offensive defenseman, interviewed him many times uh, when covering the team, nice guy, easy to talk to, uh, stand-up guy, not the most vocal captain out there, but always, you know, respected by his teammates, a leader, put up points, very good passer, and very good on the power play. And, you know, during his first two seasons with the Islanders, 16 goals, 11 goals, had only six goals in his last season with the Islanders, but that was the lockout shortened season. It was only 48 games. Um, his best season with the Isles, his first, 2008-2009, 16 goals and 56 points in 74 games. We're going to go back and look at one of Mark Streit's better games. This one at the United Center in Chicago. We're going back to March 15th, 2009, the Ides of March. Islanders goalie Peter Menino, someone who didn't get a lot of time with the team, uh, while Nikolai Habibulin was in between the pipes for the Blackhawks. And the Islanders, uh, no scoring in the first period, but in the second period, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Mark Streit gets things going. Matt Walker called for delay of game for Chicago, and Strike puts home a power play goal. His 14th of the year, Kyle Oposo and Richard Park with the helpers at 12-19, one to nothing Islanders. Blackhawks, who were a contending team then, 
bounce back quickly. Chris Versteeg, his 20th from Bufflin and Martin Havlett at 15:40. The game all even at one apiece, but the Islanders take the lead on a goal by Richard Park, his 11th from Blake Como and Radek Martinek at 17:49. Islanders up two to one, and then in the final minute of the period. With Cam Barker off for interference, Franz Nielsen, a power play goal, his fifth. Mark Streit with a helper. Blake Como, the second assist at 19.09. And after 40 minutes, it's 3-1 Islanders. In the third period, the Islanders would add to their lead. Christopher Stieg heads off for tripping at 7.41 and right off the faceoff. Five seconds later, Mark Streit, his second goal of the game, 15th of the season, the assist to Bruno Gervais and Kyle Oposo, 4-1 Islanders. Late in the game with Brandon Widoff for roughing Patrick Kane gets a power play goal for the Blackhawks to make it 4-2. Troy Brower and Cam Barker with the helpers, but the Islanders go on to a 4-2 win. Great game for Peter Menino. 40 saves as the Islanders were heavily outshot in this one. Uh, 42 shots for the Blackhawks, 19 for the Islanders, but Menino making 40 saves to get the Islanders the win. Mark Streit, two goals, one assist to lead the Islanders' attack in this one. Kyle Laposo, Blake Como, and Richard Park also with two points each in this game as far as shots on goal. Josh Bailey led the team with four of the team's 19 shots, but for Mark Streit, a two-goal, three-point night before 22,140 fans at the United Center. Strite is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We wish him a happy 43rd birthday a couple of days early. We still have a lot more to discuss on today's show, including the important question, where are the goals going to come from next season? Because the Islanders definitely need an upgrade on offense. We'll talk about that and more when we return on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, for a league-wide perspective on the National Hockey League, check out Locked On NHL. They'll have all the biggest stories from around the league every day on Locked On NHL. So definitely check that out at your podcatcher of choice. All right, Islander fans, the big question that people have been asking since the playoff run ended uh, where are the goals coming from? The Islanders were 24th in the league in goals scored and 24th in power play percentage this year. And let's face it, on paper, the top scoring players on this team have not changed. And so the question is, where are the goals going to come from? And yeah, there are some potential answers, but look, you know what? To me, Brock Nelson is Brock Nelson. He's good for 25 to 30 goals. The guy who I think can improve uh, is Anders Lee. He was on pace, if you prorate the statistics, for about 23, 24 goals for the season. Uh, he has to get above 30, realistically. Guys like Josh Bailey, Jordan Eberle, uh, their goal totals are not going to change all that much. That's not their specialty. Can Matthew Barzal go from, he was on like, let's say a 23, 24 goal pace 
Can he get it up between 25 and 30 goals next year? Quite possibly. Can Anthony Bevilier improve on his, let's say, 2021 goal pace that he was on last year? I think the answer to that is yes. One of the things we need to see from Barzal, and it, it, you know, a lot of scouts and a lot of people mentioned that this year during the playoffs, and Barzi had some really good moments, but you know, there were too many times when Matt Barzal held the puck for too long, trying to create a play with his speed, circling around and you know, in the offensive zone, and ended up you know, going into a situation where he was one-on-two, one-on-three, lost the puck or had to dump it, uh, creating a turnover. If Barzi can shoot a little bit more and sort of concentrate on moving the puck when there's no room passing it, you know, one thing, it's one thing to skate, to create space, to get a man open or to make him open, but he's got to learn through experience that, you know, there's a time to do that, and there's a time to pass the puck. Once he learns that, yeah, I think Barzi can get to the 25 to 30 goal area. I think that Anders Lee can get between 30 and 35 goals in an ideal situation. But realistically, you really need guys like a Kiefer Bellows, guys like an Oliver Wallstrom, uh, those kind of young players, Simon Holmstrom, although I doubt he's coming up this year, but those kind of players are the guys that you're going to need to add some offense. And I still believe, when all is said and done, that the Islanders will emphasize making a deal to add some offensive talent mid-season, maybe even at the trade deadline. And the reason I think that that is an ideal solution is it minimizes the cap hit. Instead of having to pay a player for 54 games or 56 games, which are the numbers that the league has been bandying about for this abbreviated season, you can pay him for 15 games. And then in the playoffs, you know, you don't have to pay them at all based on salary cap. They get a percentage, you know, a, a certain amount for each round. But you can have the additional goal scorer for the important part of the season, the last 10, 15 games, and then into the playoffs without paying a full prorated salary for that player if you had to pay him for the whole year. That saves you cap space because, remember, the salary cap is... Uh, really calculated on a day-by-day basis. So I think Lou Lamorello, he's always been a patient guy. He has always waited, figuring that a better offer will come along. I think it makes sense on a number of levels that Lou Lamorello waits until close to the trade deadline and then pulls the trigger on a deal that will bring in a good offensive player to the Islanders' top six forward group. Uh, too many things I see, you know, the, the fourth-line guys are not going to drastically increase their points. That That's just not going to happen. That's not who those players are. Ross Johnston is not going to suddenly score 20 goals. 
Uh, Cal Clutterbuck, great player, love watching him do his thing, not going to suddenly score 20 goals. But a guy like Jean-Gabriel Pajot can add 15 to 25 goals in a year. That would boost the third line's production. And then if, let's say, uh, a player like Leo Komarov maybe goes down uh, to the minors for salary cap reasons, you bring up a Kiefer Bellows, you bring up an Oliver Wallstrom, they can give you more offensively than Leo Komarov, who had four goals in 48 games. So what is he on pace for? Eight goals, seven or eight goals for the course of a of an 82-game season. Uh, you can increase the goals that way. And the thing to remember, Islander fans, is that the Islanders, based on the style that they play, based on their defense-first style, they don't need to be in the top 10 in the league in scoring to have an outstanding season. If their defense remains solid and their goaltending remains solid, the Islanders, out of 31 teams, if they can get to somewhere between 12th and 16th in the league in scoring, kind of middle of the pack, they very well could be contenders. As long as that goals against, which was fifth in the league last year, doesn't drop too much lower than that. You know, your goals against, if you're top five or six, and goals for, you're, let's say, 15th, you've got the makings, potentially, of a Stanley Cup contender the way the Islanders play hockey. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, We'll be back Friday with a little bit more on the Matt Barzal situation and our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more. Stay safe, everybody. We'll always keep you up to date via Twitter and on our Friday show about the latest about the NHL's plans to resume. Have a great day, and of course, let's go Islanders!